0: Hi, everyone. It's Matt here. So in this episode, I want to give you an overview of how a hardware product goes from concept to market. On the last episode, we gave you an update on where we're at currently with our Kickstarter project. But I want to provide some more context about what goes into making a consumer hardware product. A lot of this we didn't know the first time we did a Kickstarter. Thankfully, this is our second time, so we know a lot more what we're doing this time. And a lot of this can be super intimidating. So, I hope this is a good overview for anyone getting started building consumer hardware. Or, you know, it's just interesting in general if you ever think you want to do a Kickstarter with a hardware product. So, to start off, I want to talk about the different stages of development. So, roughly, there are a couple stages starting with a prototype where you just really, you know, string and duct tape is just to get something basic working. It doesn't have to look pretty. It just has to really be a prototype of the final concept to really play out the idea. Is this something you wanna build? Is this feasible? And that's really what you need for a Kickstarter. That's what Kickstarter requires. Kickstarter doesn't allow you to just show up with a 3D rendering and and do a Kickstarter campaign. You have to show that you have a prototype that works. So that's the first stage. And that's always where you wanna begin with a hardware project. From there, you'll wanna build, You know, if you like the prototype and you're like, okay, so maybe with the prototype, you use something like Arduino or Raspberry Pi or some other kind of toolkit that's really fast to prototype with. But that's not what you're gonna to wanna to ship a final uh, version with. So at this stage, you'll wanna create a development board, which is not necessarily the same size as your your final product. Probably it's not at all. Probably it's larger, so it has a lot of pins and other things that you can connect onto as you're debugging it and, and bringing it up. but. Yeah, so it's a larger larger board that you can experiment with, but actually has the components you've selected on it. And the other thing to keep in mind is, as I'm talking about a consumer hardware product here, I'm really talking about consumer electronics. This is assuming this is kind of some kind of electronics project with firmware, software, the whole works on it, uh, which is a pretty fair assumption, I think, for a lot of Kickstarter projects. So once then, after you the development board and, and you're happy with that, then you work to get it into its final form factor. You get that. And then you can do a test run. And usually this is done with a actually the development boards too, but this is done with a manufacturing company who manufacture it really in its kind of final form factor. But it's a test run, just to run through everything, make sure it looks good, make sure it works, make sure all the tolerances are right. And then the final step, of course, is final production. So going and actually producing, you know, potentially thousands of units that you're gonna ship out to customers. So Kickstarter requires a prototype, but in our case, because we've done this a bit more, we didn't start our Kickstarter campaign until we were further along in the process. Not only had we done a prototype, but we'd had a development board, and we'd even done a 100 unit test run of our electronics to really be confident in what we were doing. That's not necessarily common for a first time kickstarter, but more common for someone like us that's this is their second kickstarter knows a bit more what we're doing at this point. So that's kind of the stages. So I also want to talk about the different disciplines that go into making a consumer electronic device. And there is a lot. And this this is this is pretty wild. This is a lot of what we didn't know the first time through. See, we're we're software people by background, so a lot of this we had to learn. So a couple things that go in here, well, actually more than a couple. So the first thing, of course, is the electrical design, which is really the layout of the circuit board itself. It's a layout of the components. You know, it's, it's where, putting the chips on a board so it does something. Another step is called the mechanical design. And this can vary in how sophisticated this is. For our products, we typically have like a, a simple enclosure so it's more about designing the plastic enclosure and how everything fits together. And this is done with a CAD tool where it's it's designed with a CAD tool so then a, a mold can be made and that plastic or whatever other material you're using to enclose it. So for us, we haven't done anything crazy sophisticated here but obviously for other products that have moving parts, this gets much more complicated. And we don't actually have any experience with that yet but that's a whole nother ball of wax. Also speaking with the mechanical design, there's another thing that's the industrial design. It's the actual, you know, it's one thing to put an enclosure around something. It's another thing to put an enclosure around it and make it look good as well. So we worked with an industrial designer to also design the plastic enclosure and the size and ratios of everything to make sure it looks good. And then there's also firmware. So firmware is really the same thing as software, but it runs on the device itself. And usually on those devices have really limited chips and CPUs, so they're really limited in what they can do, so it's, it's firmware. It's firmware that runs on the device and, and controls what the device does. For many consumer electronics products as well, there's software, that's another step. We have software on ours, ours runs on the computer uh, and connects to our Luna display devices and the firmware on the Luna display devices. Now, desktop software like that is less and less common these days for consumer electronics. What's more popular would be some kind of phone app, an Android and iPhone app, and that's software development that have to be developed to communicate over Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or however it talks to the device. So that's the software step. And then, I know this <laughs> probably pretty overwhelming at first, we were certainly were when we first started this. Then there's manufacturing. And our manufacturing is done in China. And we have a liaison actually in Hong Kong that coordinates with us to get the manufacturing done. The reality is it's not all done in one factory. There's one factory where everything's assembled, but all these pieces in different parts, like the electronics might be done in one factory, the box might be done in another factory, the enclosure might be done somewhere else, right? All these pieces are then brought together and assembled in the in the final factory. But our kind of our liaison we work with is great and he's, he's fantastic and really hides all that complexity from us. And then once you've manufactured it, you need to get it to your distribution center so you can ship it out. I mean, some people do do the shipping themselves. I wouldn't recommend that. I would recommend getting a 3PL, which means uh, third party logistics. And there's plenty of them out there and you send them your units and then they have a whole infrastructure to be able to easily send stuff out. I wouldn't rely on Amazon. We haven't done it ourselves, but we've heard enough horror stories that you really want to have your own 3PL as well and not just rely on Amazon. I mean Amazon's fine, but you also want to have your own 3PL in in addition because I've just heard too many horror stories of things getting frozen up at, at Amazon. And then finally you ship it to the customer and then it's uh, there's support. I mean you need to support it in the wild. You need to update that firmware, that software, help people with issues, have a support team as well. And you know, that works with your engineering team to debug ongoing issues. So this is a lot of stuff, right? And the reality is one small team is not going to be able to do all of this. So in our case, we outsource many of these things. Uh, for example, industrial design, mechanical, electrical, you know, we're more experts in firmware and software. Manufacturing is outsourced or distributions outsourced. Support is internal to us because that's such an important part of the product is having having good customer support and and improving it. But the reality is if you wanna get into the hardware space, you know, you could, unless you're a very large team with a lot, a lot of money, uh, which is unlikely the case, uh, you're gonna to have to outsource a lot of these. But it's doable. It's doable for a small team. We didn't know about it before we got into it and we figured it out. I mean, it does help to have some kind of engineering background, but, but you can do it, you can figure it out. So that's the, Uh, Kind of a quick overview of what the process looks like and the different steps and disciplines involved in making a consumer hardware product. I hope that was helpful. And yeah, reach out to me with any questions. Uh, Matt at astropad.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave a review on our podcast on the Apple's uh, podcast app. And otherwise, yeah, take care. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.